Time for this week's podcast recommendation. Check out New Tech City from WNYC, hosted by my friend Manoush Zamarodi. If you feel like your life's affected by technology, but you're not exactly sure how or whether it's a good thing, New Tech City is for you. It's where digital gets personal. Get New Tech City wherever you get your podcasts or listen in the WNYC app. From WNYC, this is The Sporkful. The museum is in your office at the planetarium there at Michigan State. So I'm sure that your coworkers know about it. I'm sure there's other faculty members who know about it. What what's their what, what's their reaction? Uh, well, usually one of shock and surprise. <laughs> uh, they usually think I'm a kind of a normal type guy, and then they walk into my office and turn around the corner and see this collection of moist towelettes, and uh, then they slowly walk out backwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's been nice meeting with you. <laughs> no, they they usually uh, seem to enjoy it and uh, often tell their friends and. Uh, snap pictures and and uh, tell other people all about it. And is there an admission fee to see the museum? It is there, It is free. Anyone can just walk on in and take a look. Okay. And like, how many visitors do you get per year, would you say? Uh, maybe one or two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, eaters, there actually is a moist towelette museum. That's John French, the curator. And coming up, much more with him. What makes a great moist towelette? What's the best technique for using them? And what's the strangest one in John's museum? I gotta say, I I did not know you could use moist towelettes for some of the purposes that John has them for. And later in the show, we'll continue this discussion on hand sanitation. My friend Mark Garrison and I will have an epic debate about proper napkin technique. We'll cover such pressing napkin concerns as, which is better, cloth or paper? Are some napkin colors better for the eating experience? And what's the best way to take a drink when your hands are covered in sauce? Go wash up. The show's starting. This is The Sporkful. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. The Moist Towelette Museum is on the campus of Michigan State University in John French's office. It's also online at moisttowelettemuseum.com. Now, you may be surprised to learn that running this museum is actually not a full-time job for John. Um, So when he's not doing that, he works at the Abrams Planetarium at Michigan State. But when I got him on the phone, I only wanted to talk to him about moist towelettes. Tell me more about the museum. Now, it's in your office. What does the museum look like? Well, the museum, um, the the part of the museum that is on display is uh, on several shelves. We've got uh, maybe one, two. About eight shelves, uh, bookshelf-type shelves with uh, moist towelettes all laid out on them, uh, sitting on some nice little black cloth so that uh, they stand out uh, and are easily visible. There's no glass. You can, if you come to the museum, you can actually pick up the moist towelettes and look at them and read the front and the back. So it's an interactive museum. It is an interactive museum. Yes, uh, it, it is that. Now we, I mean, it, uh, interaction as far as touching them, but we really would prefer that uh, they were not opened and tested out. Do you ask people to wash their hands with moist towelettes before they handle? Like, do you have low low grade moist towelettes for hand washing before people can touch the the ones on display? Uh, no, I do not, but maybe I will have to institute that, uh, <laughs> that policy in the future. I like that. Now, how do you decide which ones merit featuring? 
Uh, well, often it's just kind of the newest acquisitions get uh, get displayed. But the the ones that are kind of on permanent display are just some of my favorites, some of the more unique ones. Uh, you know, we've got a, a wing of the museum here, a shelf really, uh, that is uh, uh, features some of the ones from different restaurants. We have another section for the casino towelettes, uh, another section for a lot of the airline towelettes. Now let's talk about what distinguishes one towelette from another. Is it the packaging, the labeling, the wording, just the variety? Uh, uh, what What are the criteria that you use to judge the value and importance of a moist towelette? Yeah, well, um, you know, the packaging really, I think, is the thing that uh, really draws me uh, more towards them. There's so many different designs and and uh, different kinds of packaging uh, that you have for these moist towelettes. Um, but also the, the different things you can do with the towelettes. I mean, you know, m- most people just think of a moist towelette as just something to clean your hands after you're done eating. But uh, I've got them for all kinds of different purposes. Like I have one here I'm looking at that's called a Radica wash that says to wipe away radioactive contamination. Does that work? Well, I've never, I've never tried it. I don't know. Uh, but it does say, uh, when using Radica Wash Towelette for body decontamination, keep away from eyes, mucous membranes, sensitive skin, cuts, and abrasion. Well, those are the things you most want to wipe off the radioactive stuff from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I have another one here that is uh, musical instrument polish wipe. I've got this Polydent wipe that is a pretty amazing one. It's for cleaning your dentures. And uh, it says that you can use it with your dentures in or out. Where did that radioactive one come from? Well, um, most of these have been donated to me over the years. And some of them I know and remember who donated them, and some I do not. And this one is one that I do not know who donated that one to me. Some anonymous donor out there uh, in the world just found my website and uh, sent it to me. Right. They're the moist toilet philanthropists of the world. Right. Are all the towelettes themselves, the actual moist rags inside, are they all the same and it's just different packaging, or is there variation in the towelettes themselves? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's quite quite a variation. Um, there are uh, some that are, you know, more of a papery feel. Some of them have a little bit more substantial feel to them. The, the you know, for just the regular hand-cleaning towelettes, there's different types of um, liquids that are uh, moistening them. You've got uh, some that have more of an alcohol base and some that have more of a soapy kind of base to them. So describe to me, John, what is your ideal moist towelette? If, if, if someone came to you and said, I want you to specially design a moist towelette for my restaurant or airline, what would the packaging look like? How would it be shaped? How would the towelette itself be structured? Yeah, well, um, you know, you'd want one that is going to... Uh you know, have a you know nice substantial feel to it. You don't want one that's going to tear up and and get kind of you know flimsy you know, and, and and rip when you're using it. Uh, I kind of like the ones that have more of an alcohol base because they seem to dry up quicker and don't leave a soapy residue on your fingers. Um, now, of course, I'd like packaging that is unique to your uh, restaurant. Uh, some places you go to and they just say moist towelette on them and are just kind of a generic thing. I think if you're 
uh, a restaurateur and you really want to stand out, you'd want to you know, have some printed with uh, you know, your own uh, restaurant name right on the package. I think that's a big selling point. What about a scent? What are your feelings about scent? So you, I know you said you like the alcohol base. Would you want to sit? Do you like a scented moist towel out? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I really do uh, prefer the lemony scented moist towelettes. Uh, but I'm sure they do come in many different scents. I even have some perfume towelettes. I have some here that I think came from France that have uh, um, different perfumes. Um, but I think that uh, just a basic lemony scent is uh, what I prefer. But I tend to agree. I, I like the, a lemony smell over this sort of chemical antiseptic smell. But now let's talk, John, about how to actually use the moist towelettes. Do you uh, open it up all the way so that it's, it's fully open and then put it between your hands? Do you like to use one side, then the other side, and then unfold and fold over? Talk to me about the actual technique of using a moist towelette. Right. Well, I like to, I like to have the kind that you can open up and it has you know, that nice lemony scent, and I'll unfold it all the way and kind of wipe it back and forth on the hands. I try not to ball it up. I kind of try to keep it open. And then um, if it's the, you know, the alcohol-based ones, often the towelette itself will dry in the air, and then you can use the towelette as a little bit of a dry cloth to kind of wipe up any extra moisture that's there. What's the strangest use of a moist towelette you've ever heard of? Well, um, I mean, as I said, there is that uh, radioactive one. Yeah, <laughs> kind of tough to beat that one. Uh, that's a tough one. Of course, we do have uh, have the uh, Rantex hemorrhoidal wipe here. I-, I found one online, John. This one I don't think you could actually put into a museum, and I can't even be sure that it exists. But do you play World of Warcraft by any chance? I do not. No. I don't with, either. With I know. Tell all that collecting. There's really not a lot of extra time. For well, um, I don't play Warcraft either, but I, I was Googling around about moist towelettes, and I found this website, wowhead.com, wow, W-O-W. I, I know enough to know that that's short for World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, and it actually says here, moist towelette is a level 30 consumable. It is a quest reward from Feast at the Blue Recluse. It removes one negative spell effect from user, cleans with the power of lemon. Ah, so there's a virtual moist towelette out there, John, in World of Warcraft, and I think that that's sort of the holy grail for you. If you can find a way to make it real and display it in your museum, that would be pretty huge. That, that's something I'm going to have to uh, start working on. Yeah. <laughs> That's John French, founder and curator of the Moist Towelette Museum. Check it out at moisttowelettemuseum.com. Coming up, my friend Mark Garrison has a lot of strong opinions about the best ways to eat. Of course, so do I. We'll go toe-to-toe over some of the biggest issues in the world of hand sanitation. Which is better, paper or cloth napkins? Should restaurants be banned from using scented hand soaps in the bathroom? And is tucking a napkin into your collar childish? More importantly, is it effective? Stay with us. Hey, friends. I want to tell you about a great podcast here at WNYC called New Tech City. It's hosted by my friend Manoush Zamarodi. And recently, Manoush did a fantastic series called Bored and Brilliant, all about how being bored is crucial to creativity. And thanks to our phones, we're just not bored enough anymore. It really inspired me to put down my phone and just stare into space. And I came up with so many great ideas for this forkful. Stay tuned for those. So if you love your phone, but sometimes in a fatal attraction sort of way, New Tech City is for you. 
Get New Tech City wherever you get your podcasts or listen in the WNYC app. Welcome back to The Sporkful from WNYC. I'm Dan Pashman. Quick update for those of you who are going to be at South by Southwest. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we're doing live Sporkful tapings there. We're still confirming all of the guests. We're going to have an amazing all-star panel of guests. I can't tell you who all of them are going to be, mostly because I myself don't know for sure, but I'm sure they're going to be great. And I'm sure that two of them are going to be Adam Rappaport, editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, and my Aunt Merrill. Yes, my Aunt Merrill is going to drive in from Houston to talk all about pie because it's all happening March 14th, 314 Pie Day. So we're going to have free pie at our live shows. Those will be taking place Saturday, March 14th, two shows, 1230 to 130 and 3 to 4, both at the Driscoll Hotel in the Jim Hogg Room. Not the Boss Hog Room, which is what I keep calling it, the Jim Hogg Room. So hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. My friend Mark Garrison, he's got a lot of strong opinions about food and eating. And if you listen to this show, you know that, I mean, I do too. So when Mark and I get together, we don't always see eye to eye. That was certainly the case when we discussed napkins and hand sanitation. I began by tackling really a classic debate. Which is better, cloth napkins or paper? I actually, I mean, obviously cloth napkins are considered nicer and fancier, but I actually think when it comes to just keeping your hands clean, Paper napkins are better. They are much more absorbent. With cloth napkins, you all often feel like they aren't absorbing things. They almost have this waxy texture on the outside of them a lot of times. Very light, but almost as if they've been scotch guarded and you just can't, they won't get the stuff off your hands. They feel like I'm just mashing it around my hands. Um, and I'm talking about a good paper napkin, not not one that's going to shred and fall apart in your hands. Um, but the paper napkin is more absorbent. And also when I'm using a cloth napkin, I always just feel like I'm wiping my hands on someone's clothes. Like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm somehow being rude. You know, whereas the paper napkin feels like garbage and I feel like I can use it and, and be okay. Well, okay. Couple couple things that are a problem with that. Again, you're saying paper napkins, you, so these quote like good paper napkins, but there aren't that many of them out there. I mean, a lot of times when you're when you're wiping some, and we're talking about serious like messy food. Like hey, I'm not talking about just like dabbing a little something like that, but for serious messy food, the paper napkin just kind of rips apart. You end up having these like napkin shreds that are sticking to your finger. They don't last. You know, the the environmental problems with that are already pretty obvious. Now, I will say, I think you have been you've had some bad cloth napkin experiences. Now, when I was working in the restaurant business sometimes napkins would come with too much starch. And a lot of times restaurants will ask for that because they want to do some kind of fancy napkin fold. And to make like the nice folds hold up, they have to be really starchy. Those are bad cloth napkins. But a good cloth napkin can stand up to and, and defeat any kind of paper napkin in terms of like actually because you're going to because when you're you know, eating chicken wings or something else like that, it's not just like something wet or greasy is getting your fingers. It's kind of like, you know, pieces of meat and sauce are kind of being almost like embedded and you have to actually like almost uh, wipe them, but also scrape them a little bit like that. It's a complicated process. But I, I don't think that either napkin alone, cloth or paper is really going to scrape out wing residue from the inner folds of your fingertips. Yeah, we, we can talk about other other, other items so we can I, I use for that. I don't think either one wins there. I like the bib formation, but the problem is you need two napkins because the lap can't become exposed. Okay. Second of all, you really do look like you've got some issues. Childish. When you 
put a paper napkin or any kind of napkin in your collar. You tuck the point into your collar, so you end up with a diamond shape on your chest, and that often will uh, will not protect the sort of lower belly corners. It's it's an elegant looking shape, but it's not highly functional. Right. It's just not ideal. You 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 need something that you can tie around the back of your neck. You need a hazmat you. suit is what you need. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like that would be, you know, you, you wouldn't need the helmet uh, part of that. Now, Mark, you also have some strong and rather bizarre opinions about the correct color of napkins. White, always. Because uh, a good napkin usage, you must divide your napkin up into into different quadrants depending on, on the on the meal mission. So uh, if if you have a, a very messy meal, but again, because again, like I'm thinking of this especially like if, if you're going through several courses. So if you know that you're going to have some kind of like messy appetizer, but then later you're going to be using fork and knife, you want to make sure that you have chosen a quadrant of your napkin and use that to to wipe your hands off for any of the messy portion like that. If you have a black napkin, I know they're stylish, if you have a red napkin or whatever else like that, there's no measure of where where in the napkin you have actually placed the dirt. Look, it's great that you have this amazing strategy and all. This is one of the few things where I don't have much of a strategy. I just tear through a bunch of paper napkins. And that's the other beauty of paper napkins is that you can have more than one. And then when it moves on to the next course, just move on to the next napkin. It's just that simple. And it doesn't matter what color the napkin is. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know. I mean, mean, you don't need a protractor to wipe your hands clean. I mean, you've got quadrants. I mean, you've got an X and Y (laughs) axis on your napkin. You can do a couple of things. Like, you can, you know, have one side to wipe. And then you can reverse the flip so that all the dirt is then on the inside. And then you'll have for your non-finger foods portion of the meal, you'll have a clean, fresh outside. You've put all the dirt on the inside. So, so that so, allows you to use three. If you're considering that you have both sides of the napkin, your system would allow you to use three quarters of the napkin, all of one side and then half of the other side. I could do that. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, there, there's a lot of choices, though, because I feel like there there are there's a portion of the napkin that you want to use to to like clean your hands. There's another portion of the napkin you want to use that maybe to like dab your lips. You don't want to like a film of grease to go from your lips to your glass. That's going to, you know, create some flavor problems. It's not very pretty to look at either. So you want to like have like a, you know, an area of the napkin that will uh, clean your hands and your fingers, an area of the napkin that will clean your mouth, which you generally want to keep pretty clean through the whole time. And if you need to, you can reverse the napkin, you know, fold the dirt to the inside, and then you have a fresh napkin, at least one side of a fresh napkin to use. Or... You could just use paper napkins. <laughs> but, I mean, I have those different areas. I, I will generally use the far corners for my mouth. Then I use the center of the napkin for my hands. Now, the far see, the problem with the far corners is that you have the seams. And if you have the seam, like, you you know, depending on how the napkin is sewn, but a lot of times they have they're, they're, there's like a, a wide, thicker seam at the point where it's folded over. Right. That's, that's I like not, the seam. It's nice. Uh, it, it's, the seam it's, gives you extra texture to take other things off of your mouth. No, I, I think the seam is a problem because you're going to miss spots there because you want like a nice, uniform, uh, flat surface. No, no, not if you keep, if you start off with the napkin pressed against your mouth and then you move across your mouth and so that the seam is kind of... Uh, uh, bringing up the rear, and it just picks up anything that the napkin proper missed. I, I don't think the seam is optimized for that. I, 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 th- I think you're giving it too much credit. It's it, it doesn't have that level of utility. It must touch flatly. No, that's incorrect. Your science is misleading you. If you want something that is absorbent, you want high surface area. If you want something that's that no, is no, sticky, but I'm talking about. You, but the seam, though, the seam is it's gonna it, you know because it's got it's got that little fold in the fold. So there's gonna be points where the napkin is being dragged across and it's not 
touching. You know, there's but because of the bumpiness of the the bumpiness of the seam has a high surface area. So in actuality, much more of the napkin is touching your lip but when it, you're using the seam. No, no, but not 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 if that if, if that actual surface area is not being able to be fully applied because of because it's too thick and because there, there there's a there's a groove there. If you press hard enough against your mouth, it'll all be applied. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't have to work doing this. One of my big issues is that I want to protect my beverage. I don't want my beverage to get greasy or, you know, any any whatever I'm eating, I don't want that to be put on the on the bottle or glass that I'm utilizing for my beverage. So I will make sure I, I do several cleansing strokes before I actually grab my beverage because I want to make sure that I can have my beverage later and not have it be icky and gooey and stuff like that. I agree that you want to put a small amount of thought towards that. You don't want your glass to be covered in gunk. And, and I think it's especially a concern with your mouth because you don't want your food to end up in your beverage. But I think that you're way over-concerned with this, Mark. I mean, if you're in the middle of eating messy food, your hands are going to keep getting dirty again. If you get a spot or two on your on the side of your glass from your fingers and you have to go pick it up again, I mean, it's a messy meal. Well, if if you're just so, so busy that you can't wipe your hands before you take your beverage, I, I recommend the kind of... Uh, I, I, when I get ribs, I am focused on the ribs. I am busy. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. If you find yourself needing a beverage, you can just kind of do the kind of like a crab uh, hand tong technique. Oh, I've done so, that, yeah. Yeah, so just basically, yeah, make sure you, like, you don't put any actual fingers on the glass. You just take two hands and then press your, your palm Around each side of the glass, and then and then then you can lift. I mean, it's not. I have it's done not that. The optimal I mean, you look like a child technique. when you yeah. drink that way. You do, but but again, <laughs> it's a child who has learned at an early age the respect for the the cleanliness of the vessel for the beverage. Yeah, which is good. I I, I am a fan of that technique, um, but I think you're going a little bit overboard. But now, another question you want to raise here is when do you get up and go to the bathroom to wash your hands? I I think that you don't do that until you are completely finished eating whatever it is that is making your hands so messy. Yeah, that makes sense. Unless obviously, unless you're having something that's going to come after that. Now, when you do that, though, one of the real pitfalls that, that a lot of restaurants don't think about it. They spend all this money like and and bragging about how they source their ingredients and who their chef is and and all this wonderful things that they're giving to you like that but then you go to their bathroom and it's got some kind of like uh, nasty like scented soap scented soap should never be in a restaurant like uh, you know because again like if you've made like such great food and you want me to actually appreciate it taste it smell it why are you making me smell like uh, lavender? Yeah, or, or whatever. You know, all these like you know, honeydew something. Some. I mean, like 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 seven or eight adjectives like go into these soaps and. Again, like, and then and then your hands are going to smell like that for for a good while. And increasingly, all these trendy gourmet soaps are actually like half of them are made out of foods. Yes, yeah. Actually, you know what they should do is they should have food and soap pairings. That that's something <laughs> we could get behind. Maybe, maybe you get like barbecue sauce soap and then serve pulled pork, and you don't need to actually put any sauce on the pork. You <laughs> yeah. just smell your just hands. In your hands, yeah, as you go like that, yeah. So and, and that would introduce some kind of like new position, like a kind of like, like a, a hygiene sommelier, like someone who would like recommend like, a sommelier. Oh, this this has this has notes of lavender, but which will well complement what you're you're having in this uh, dish. That's my friend Mark Garrison. He's a reporter for Marketplace. And, you know, the idea of restaurants having a sopelier to pair hand soaps with food 
In my book, Eat More Better, I actually take that idea even further. We have a drawing of what the soplier might look like. He's, as you'd expect, he's a very proper gentleman. He wears a tuxedo, and he wheels a cart of soaps around the restaurant so that diners can choose the soap he pairs with their food. And in the book, I also actually recommend several pairings, such as honey soap with ricotta cheese, melon soap with prosciutto, lavender soap with ratatouille, and lemon verbena soap with Diet Cola. That's the classiest one, I think. Next week on the show, we're going to poke a little fun at the hit podcast, Serial. Not with an episode about cereal. That'd be too easy. I'll investigate the true story of a series of office fridge food thefts that took place at a call center in Elkhart, Indiana, 14 years ago. It's going to be good. Remember to come see The Sporkful live at South by Southwest on March 14th, and follow me on Twitter at The Sporkful. This show is a production of WNYC and The Sporkful. It's produced by Ann Sani. Our web writers are Talia Ralph and Alight Trong. Special thanks to Chris Bannon. And by chance, we have a few fond farewells this week. Talia and Alight, our web writers, are heading on to greener pastures. Thank you so much to both of you for all your great work. Folks can check it out at sporkful.com. Uh, and also uh, a big thank you to Chris Bannon, who's moving on from WNYC. Chris is the guy who really brought me here to WNYC. He's been a great mentor and a great uh, booster and advocate for the Sporkful, and I really appreciate everything he's done. So, Chris, best of luck in your new position. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman reminding you to eat more, eat better, and eat more better.